Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You are now about to take a journey with professional advisors Ken Smith and Ethan Broga on Empirical Investing Radio. For more information about Empirical Investing Radio, please call 800-923-4307. Fasten your seatbelts. You're going to need them. Just because the hosts have a sense of humor does not mean their advice won't change your life. Good afternoon and welcome to Empirical Investing Radio Radio with Ken Smith and Ethan Broga. I'm Ken, Certified Financial Planner and your host. Hey Ken, how's it going today? Good. Pretty good. I found out that my daughter broke her arm. Oh, that's right. So I'm a little sad about that. Understandably. I, uh, I hope you're doing better and I'll see you later. But uh, outside of that, everything is going well. Good. And uh, we've got another, got an update in the market today. Which is always nice. I know you like to see that. Yeah, big update today. And uh, had a nice uh, time over the weekend. One of our on Zubair and uh, got married to uh, Desiree, mm-hmm. his, his current wife. So I just wanted to congratulate them, say congratulations. Uh, it was really fun, and I had, it was nice of them to invite invite me to the wedding. And mm-hmm. um, so Ethan, today before we get started, I know we want to talk a little bit about mm-hmm. some. Uh, market update, what's kind of gone, going on in the market, and uh, reviewing the different asset classes year-to-date. Yeah. We want to talk about some news items. Schwab, uh, the big discount brokerage firm Schwab, has filed a, a very interesting suit against the big wirehouse banks, uh, Wall Street banks, and so we, I wanted to read that news and talk about that a little. And I know we want to talk about... Uh, some ideas about rebalancing and a little discussion about we're going to talk a little bit about that. Do we have enough time for all this stuff today? I don't know if there'll be enough time. All right. But we're going to give it our best shot. <laughs> all and right. It's all very, very good information. So No doubt. Before we do that, you want to give out all of our contact information and our call to action for advisors and individuals. Sure, you got it. Um, as in the past, it's the, the contact information to the show uh, is the same as usual. It's uh, contact at EMPI radio.com or you can reach us directly here in the seattle office at 800-923-4307 just mention the radio and ask for ken or myself and we'll be happy to speak with you Um, if you're an individual investor out there looking for some for some help maybe a second opinion um, in fact you know i would say if you're anything less than 100 percent satisfied with how your current investments and financial planning is structured you should give us a call and you know you owe it to yourself to get get a free look and maybe a free free second opinion so I'd love to hear from you if you're interested in having uh, that type of thing reviewed. And the same thing goes is true for advisors as well. If you're anything less than 100% satisfied with what you're, you're currently doing, you're currently able to offer clients, 
uh, we'd love to hear from you as well. You know, we have a pretty good approach here. I've mentioned it in the past, but when you boil it down, it really comes to that we're really coordinating all the different areas of our clients' financial lives for them. We're, we're talking about uh, specifically goal planning, you know, whether that be retirement or other things. Um, and that is uh, overlaid on top of a uh, very sound investment approach and then a very thorough uh, tax process that helps you minimize taxes. So we have the, the capability and the expertise to implement those tax things. For our clients, that's right. Come on. Come on. <laughs> so. Thank you. Thank you very much. Man. On both ends. Individual. Uh, you too. Individual investors or even investment professionals who uh, are looking to make a change or, you know, even for not, but like I said, anything less than 100% happy with where you're at, you should give us a call. Ken, anything to add to that? No, I just, I I would echo that. And, you know, last week we uh, had on the show uh, the CEO of a company called Financeware, Dave Loper. That's right. We were just talking about how uh, we believe that everyone should have a financial plan. Yep. And yet, uh, according to the Gallup, poll and some other polls that the CFP uh, board have done. It's a very small amount of us who A, are, have a financial plan and B, are actually um, not feeling anxious about our ability to retire and be on track. And I think the number one question should be, do you have a financial plan? Do you have a retirement plan, more specifically? You know, we, we talked about that. And do you feel comfortable that you are taking a path that gives you the highest likelihood of success? If not, if you don't have a plan or, you're, or you have one but you're just not sure you're on the right track, yeah. you should be getting some help. I know even if we don't do it for free for you, I mean, we, I, we offer to do one listener per month for free. So right. if you want us to do that, we no obligation to work with us or have any other kind of relationship or cost, out-of-cost, uh, out-of-pocket cost to you. We offer that because we really want to start changing those numbers, and we want to help. And uh, outside of that, we would we've put a package together. I think it's five hundred dollars. Yep. Um, which barely would would not certainly cover the a guy like yourself, Ethan, of your experience and credentials and knowledge level. It'd be tough. Um, but we'll do it. You know, we just want to we just want to get people on the right track, and so uh, there again, there has to there doesn't have to be any. We're not selling any product beyond the plan or the retirement plan or the investment advice that we give. That's right. Clients who do hire us, um, basically they get a, they get ongoing investment management where we take care of those investments and we use a, a lot of very low-cost, tax-efficient, and in some case institutional uh, funds that mm-hmm. as retail clients um, at a brokerage firm you typically wouldn't even have access to and it and the reduction in the expenses and some of the outperformance that those funds get mm-hmm. uh, and the tax management alone a lot of times can cover the cost of, of working with an advisor like us right um, that's separate from all the other planning and wealth management work that we try to do for the client mm-hmm. so it's a it ends up being a great value. Yeah, no question. No about excuse it. to not get help. And I think once you've determined, hey, I am going to get help, then the question should be, well, who am I going to get help from? Right. And uh, I believe that if it, and I know if it's my, fa- if it's me, it's my friends, my family, um, I would go to a place where I'm not going to be sold investments or products. You know, yep. That I can get that advice independent. Um, and where the advisor adheres to some standard in our business, they call it a fiduciary standard. But I don't really care about that term. I just would have some standard that says, hey, 
I have to give you advice based on what's the best opportunity for you, not for myself as the guy giving the advice. So, yeah, and if we if you come to us and it turns out, hey, we're not the best fit, we're okay with telling you that too. Yeah, we we want to make sure that you're on the right path for you, and if it doesn't even work with us, that's okay. But we certainly want to have a chance to talk with you and evaluate that. Okay, and uh, certainly if you reach out to us, as always, we'll we'll send you a free investment book. One of our favorites, um, all the ones we recommend are great books. So, again, if you have a question or comment you want us to read on the air, we'd love to hear from you in that respect as well. Okay, Ethan. All right. Let's get to it. Where do you want to go to next, Ken? Well, uh, we've got you know, we've got a good five minutes. Why don't we uh, go through your step out onto the exchange? You know, I like to walk out there when you're giving out the market update. Okay. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of moving and shaking. And uh, high intensity You want to do what we're going to just go over kind of... Uh, moment in time. It's been a while since we did that. Yep, a few weeks. We track a lot of different asset classes and uh, the way we build portfolios and we recommend that you build a portfolio is looking at things from broad asset classes, dividing your investments into groups that have a meaningful purpose. So we don't talk a lot about, I mean, there's thousands of ETFs out there now, mm-hmm. most of which are designed to, to spec- for speculation, not investment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are broad main categories that are good investment building blocks, and those are the ones we like to go over. Right. So why don't you do your thing? All right. Should we go to the – here, follow me. Okay. All right. Well, it's been a pretty uh, interesting me. Pardon me. last six weeks or so in the marketplace. Uh, July, we had a, entered a pretty rough period in the market. And I thought I'd start out by just talking about some of the, the quarter-to-date returns for right. some of the major asset groups. and. Uh, leading the top of the list since the beginning of the quarter um, is inflation-protected securities, up about 5.5% for the quarter to date. That's as of last Friday. So that's, that's not an annualized number. That's simply for the last roughly, uh, call it eight weeks or so, uh, 5.4% over the inflation-protected securities. Wow. It's pretty I amazing. I close the door for a second. Okay. Five point what? Yeah, five point four percent for the year to date. Or, sorry, right. quarter to date on that particular asset group, and 12, get this twelve percent for the year to date performance on the inflation protected securities. All right, I'm going back out. Pretty amazing. That's fantastic. I mean, that's uh, that's a big big chunk of return in a pretty short period of time for an asset class that um, it's just pretty amazing. And down at the other end of the spectrum, maybe we'll start with that, um, or go next to that rather is the U.S. small cap value, quarter to date, down 17% uh, wow. as of last Friday. So that's a quite a big big adjustment over the last eight weeks. And the year-to-date returns for U.S. small cap value is negative 13.6%. You know what, Ethan? It's, it's, I'm going to step up. Let's, let's go back into the office here for a sec. Okay. Because this is serious. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah, it just uh, shows you the, the, the disparity, the dispersion of... of uh, you know, one one bond asset class, which are the tips, and then the pretty highly aggressive um, small cap value, especially the basically different ends of the spectrum over this period of time. So it shows you that uh, a wide range of returns, um, even among, among uh, those types of asset classes. So some other things here, looking up what else has done well this recent quarter. Um, let's take a look down here, looking at the list. Um, boy, you know, fixed income is leading the charge. <laughs> Everything yeah. up there is uh, positive for fixed income quarter to date. Uh, commodities are doing okay, up about two and a, two and a quarter percent uh, quarter to date. And then year to date, same type of thing for bonds. Uh, most of the bond portfolios, whether it be uh, short, intermediate, uh, ultra short uh, term, they've all done pretty well year to date as well. Getting to some of the equity asset classes, 
Um, looking at, interestingly, uh, REITs are among the best equity asset classes, down only 8% quarter to date. Looking at U.S. large <laughs> companies, down yeah. almost 11% for the quarter to date. And then um, emerging markets, small cap, down about 12% quarter to date. And then uh, emerging markets, value and so forth, done a little worse, down about 13.5%. So across the board, equity-wise anyway, not a great quarter. Uh, but, you know, if you have a diversified portfolio, um, include, which includes some bonds and have a balanced approach, hasn't been uh, all that bad. In fact, talking about our, our, our specific portfolios, um, I'm working with uh, well, several new clients. One in particular signed up around April. Um, if you recall, Ken, that was sort of the, the recent peak here anyway, toward yeah. the end of April. They're in our uh, 70% bond portfolio and 30% equity portfolio. And their returns for the entire period, they're, they're negative about 2%. So the, the the fixed income has really been buffering the equity volatility over that period of time. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just here today, looking at the global, a dimensional global sixty forty, kind of a globally diversified portfolio, uh, only down three point three nine year to date. Um, you know, you've got you've got like you said some asset classes that are down. Emerging markets value down almost seventeen percent year to date. Yeah. Uh, as bad as as the market news may sound from time to time, down three percent is well within the expected range for it that is. allocation. Yes. Uh, Ethan, we've got to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll wrap up the uh, market report and okay. get on to our next segment. We'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor? Or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm? My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management, inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at empiricalfs.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S.com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at EmpiricalFS.com. Are you ready to grow your business? Listen for the Independent Business Owners Show with your coach, Rick Carrado. This entertaining talk radio program will bring you the tools to help increase your business. You'll learn sales success, time management, lead generation, business development, life balance, and much more. Rick Carrado is here to help you take your business to the next level. Listen for the Independent Business Owners Show, heard live every Monday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. Tune in to the Appraisal Guru Radio Show for discussion on items of value or perceived value in your home or workplace. You know you have an item that you were just wondering about. Let Ray Nugent Sr. and Ray Nugent Jr. help you find the valuable gold mine in what you thought may have been junk. Almost everything has some sort of value, and it's very likely that we'll find it. The Appraisal Guru Radio Show is broadcast live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Tune in and find Find out your item's true worth. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. Welcome back to Empirical Investing Radio. I'm Ken Smith. And uh, sitting here with Ethan Brugger going over the uh, market update. Yeah. If you do want to give us an email or uh, shoot us an email or give us a call, you can email us at contact at empiradio.com or uh, 1-800-923-4307. And, um, again, if you just tuned in, we'd love to help you if you need do a financial plan, retirement plan, investment plan. That's what we do here, Ethan. That's exactly right. Okay. So we were talking about uh, 3.39 for the year, yeah. uh, year to date, and uh, not too shabby compared to, uh, you know, if you pick the most aggressive equity component, the emerging markets value, as mm-hmm. an example, down almost 70%. So well within uh, a range of reasonable volatility that as bad as the news can get, um, you shouldn't panic and just start making drastic changes to asset allocations based on today's news. Right. And so yeah, that's exactly right. That's one thing I wanted to kind of just mention as a summary to the market uh, wrap-up here was, you know, if you have all of your money in one thing, that's a huge problem. But if you have uh, your money invested in, in many different areas, you know, you truly are diversified, and you just are diversified all the time, that's the best strategy. Yeah. I mean... Rather than saying to yourself, oh, I, I need to get in and out of the market. In other words, you might be all stock for some period of time or all cash another period of time. Or, hey, I'll be all bonds all the time. Um, really, the combination of, of, of the idea of portfolio theory is to have the best mix of all three of those major asset classes and be diversified among them. That's where the, the magic really is. Because no one can really predict the market in the short term. And if you end up attempting to do that, you're taking on a lot more risk at times than you actually need. Well, Nathan, we are doing... Um that kind of brings me to uh, brings up a, an idea, which is about rebalancing. Uh huh. Um, and we're we're doing a lot of research on various rebalance methods, and we'll talk more about this on the program. And we're writing a paper, kind of gathering up all the data. And I shot out an email to all of our clients, empirical clients, just reiterating the way that we rebalance and what our normal approach to that is. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you took one of the empirical global models, diversified models, and said we took a 60% stock, 40% bond model, um, there are different ways, and you hear pundits, financial pundits, talk about rebalancing annually or over what we call some time band or time interval. So it could be annually. Quarter. Some advisors, if they have programs where the the uh, the fee, inc- the annual fee or the management fee includes the commissions, for example. Right, transaction costs so and things. So then they think, hey, I'll just rebalance every quarter, as mm-hmm. an example, or every month. Um, you know, the, it's nice to have some discipline. The way we do it is rather than every every time interval every year just rebalancing, we uh, we do it on a on a, with a band system. You know, we put a we have a target asset allocation that matched our uh, reasonably close to you know our the client's risk tolerance and need for return, mm-hmm. desire for return. Um, and However, there is no 
perfect portfolio. You know, there's a range. Right. And um, who's to say that if you pick a 60-40, that when it gets to 61% stock that you need to sell stock or 59% stock, right? There's a range mm-hmm. that, that, that's there. Mm-hmm. Um, so we tend to put about a 10% band around that stock to bond target uh, and let let the market have some fluctuation before we just start immediately rebalancing. Right. Um, but I But I think, you know, a lot of people think, well, hey, what if... What if I? What if I don't rebalance? You know, or what if every time the market went down, I sold equities and got out until the market got better? Um, now, there's there's arguments on all sides of the fence. I think you know you see the the what if I miss the ten best days argument? Yeah, if you miss the ten best trading days in the stock market over the last thirty or forty years, you significantly harmed your your long term compound annual return. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, I take some issue with that argument in that that uh, if you miss the 10 worst days, you actually significantly would have improved your return. And it, on average, if you missed some of both, it would have been a wash a little bit. You know, So uh, those best and worst days are kind of randomly, you, don't, you can't predict them. They're just randomly kind of distributed through the whole time period, our historic time period. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly what we found, I think that's interesting, Ethan, and I'll kind of skip to the point here. What we found is that in in our initial look at the data on this is, well, if you were to rebalance, uh, if you took the approach that when the stock market began to decline to some certain element of alert, so we used a, t- uh, a 15% and a 10% and a 5%, we look at different decline levels. Mm-hmm. But basically, if you looked and said, hey, when stocks go down 15%, I'll rebalance um, I won't rebalance by buying up more equities. I'll let my equity exposure drift downward, which ultimately then means as things are getting worse in the stock market, I'm curtailing my appetite for risk and I'm, I'm having less and less exposure to the risky asset class, which is equities in right. my portfolio. Um, or I could take another approach, which is I not only do I let not rebalance by buying up stocks, but I, I sell stocks. And I rebalance to a more conservative uh, approach. So I go from a 60-40, stocks go down 15%, I all of a sudden bounce to a 40% exposure. What would happen if you did that? So we're not talking about market timing in the traditional sense of what a lot of the the gurus claim that they can do, which is, hey, when the before the market starts to go down, I'll get you out. And when it gets to the bottom, I'll get you back in kind of a thing. Right, <laughs> right exactly. And their idea there is I'm going to enhance returns. Sure. Here we're saying you just follow a systematic approach to lowering your exposure to equities or risky assets in times where they're, that risk is showing up. But what's interesting is you actually do reduce your downside risk. You you bring in or, or uh, rope in some of the downside loss on average since 1970 when you do this on a our method of linking back a global portfolio to 1970. Um, if you rebalance annually, you have a specific return. I think on our global 60-40 targeted premium three is what we call it. Um, the return on an annual comes out to about 122 if you do it the way we do it with the banded approach where, you, where only when the market moves beyond a certain band, the annual rate of return, um, gross of taxes and any management fees that we would charge, but net of fund expenses, uh, it comes out to about 11.33. It's a little higher. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were to rebalance, not rebalance, 
that reduces your turn return some. So every time the market went down, you just don't rebalance. And if you were to rebalance down to a more conservative approach, it reduces your return even further. I didn't, I didn't bring the data, but it's somewhere into the 10.5% a year annual. Right. The global index, uh, the world index, interestingly enough, the way that we build these globally diversified models, um, the 6040s have outperformed just an all-equity world index or just the S&P, which is average around 10%. Over that from 70 all the way through July of this year. And that's a function of the asset class exposures that we do. Right. But uh, you do have, and what's interesting, I'm sorry it took me this long to get here, Ethan. But what's interesting is there's no magic in this. You wind up, if you look at what your average exposure is to equities, when you don't rebalance or when you rebalance and be in, and to a more conservative approach until the market recovers mm -hmm. and then rebounds back to your normal target again you have an average equity exposure you can say you can we have the data to show each month well what was our average allocation each month right and what that average allocation winds up being really is what generates your return so if you stick in a 60 40 and you rebalance the way we do um, your average equity exposure is about 62 percent and you get the returns of a of a portfolio that's about 62% global equities in the way we do. If you don't rebalance, it brings your average equity exposure down, something closer to uh, the high 50s. You know, And if you rebalance down to uh, 40, 60, every time the stock market went down 15%, now you're, you have an, an average equity exposure that is even lower. Mm -hmm. And when you match that, the returns up with those equity exposures, you wind up with a return that's pretty commensurate with if I just had, let's say, it was the the uh, no rebound approach. Um, every time the market went down, I just didn't rebalance, and the average equity exposure winds up being fifty eight percent. If you plug in fifty eight in our returns generator, you wind up with a return that's very similar to a fifty eight percent exposure. Mm -hmm. The market timing element of it really just reduced your exposure to equities, which then lowers your return. Right. So you're saying in a way that the, the risk there. Yeah, that that really is, it's a function of what you expose. You know, if you stay, if you assessed and you learned that you had a 60-40 was what you needed to get to your goals, mm -hmm. the best way of getting that 60-40 return is to stick with it and rebalance it. Right. And you won't ever exceed the risk parameter that you set if you do that, but you will you will bear the, the brunt of, of the down markets when they occur. Mm-hmm. If you are willing to accept a lower return, then yeah, you could certainly lower your risk, your exposure to equities when, when the risk is high. Right. You will give up some return though. Mm -hmm. um, but at least that's an approach that a person can make with the knowledge of how markets work. Versus, I think where there's a lot of confusion. What I'm very anti is this idea that you can predict markets and time in and out of them, in a way that you either lower the risk for the given amount of return, right? Or you enhance the re the return for a lower amount of risk. That's right. the proverbial free lunch, that the holy grail that these active guys are looking for. Sure. And uh, we've got to take a quick break, and we'll, we'll talk about this and move on to the news of the day and the other topics. Thanks. We'll be right back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. 
Are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor? Or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm? My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management, inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at empiricalfs.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S.com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at EmpiricalFS.com. Intense and Intelligent. Catch Kevin, unscripted and uncensored, keeps you informed of the ideological, theological, and economic war being waged against the United States of America. Kevin Lehman's bold and brilliant style challenges your deepest held beliefs and provokes you to ask the hard questions, religious, scientific, political, or financial. Kevin is holding the establishment's feet to the fire with high-profile guests that include politicians, economists, theologians, and business titans. He'll demand truth over tradition and facts over fiction. Full of passion, wisdom, and wit, Kevin's transparent and no-nonsense style make Catch Kevin unscripted and uncensored. The go-to show for real insight on business, politics, social issues, and breaking news. It's time to get real, America. It's time to tackle the tough issues head on. Tune in to Catch Kevin, unscripted and uncensored, Mondays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Business Channel. Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and founder of Rock and Roll Public Relations who wants to share her PR experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. Listen to the Stars of PR with Cindy Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on News Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free 866 472 5790. That's 866 472 5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. All right, and we're back. Empirical Investing Radio. Uh, Ethan Broga alongside Ken Smith here. Um, if you'd like to reach us, we'd love to hear from you. You can give us a, a call at 800-923-4307 and ask for Ken or Ethan. And uh, just mention the radio show. We'll be happy to speak with you. Uh, of course, uh, email as well, contact at empiradio.com. And, Ken, just before the break, we were just talking about 
um, a variety of things, but one of them was our rebalancing uh, research that we've been doing on an ongoing basis here. And I thought you may have some some conclusion or some summary ideas you want to share with us. I like your style, Ethan. Uh, we really should put a conclusion on things, and uh, I'm glad you asked. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I what we were what I was the point I was trying to make, and I took a long time, and I don't know if it was as clear as I'd like it to have been, but was that it in all the studies that, that Steve and I are looking at, I mean, we're just kind of going through the data, and we've got a um, another person that's got a master's in statistics from the University of Chicago here in our office working on stuff with us, and we're going through this data, and 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 what's interesting is that you find. Um, that this idea of market timing, you know, or rebalancing, mm-hmm. um, is that the time in the market over long periods of time equals equity premium, and and if you want to get a higher amount of of return, you got to rebalance back up when markets decline, and so within some framework um, on the on the long term, your return is likely to be what your exposures are to equity, right, and. What that that tells me uh, is that it's even harder for the prof- so-called professionals who are out there doing, uh, yeah, exactly, dart throwing, uh, that are that are out there advocating this. Now's the time to be in the market. Now is not what the is time. That? What is that? Oh, I, I believe it was an ape of some sort. All right, uh, but um, didn't sound like the monkey we normally hear. A primate. There we go. <laughs> That's the angry monkey. <laughs> this one's from 2011, right? That, that movie with... Exactly. No, I'm just kidding around. Sorry about that. Hey, who let him in? <laughs> <laughs> so, why, why those things can be that, the, the, mar- the traditional market timing approaches mm-hmm. tend to remove the discussion from time in the market and exposure to risky investments like stocks to return. They're trying to shortcut a risk-return relationship right. that fundamentally, uh, if it could be exploited continuously, would, would, would make the market fail to function over the long term. Because why would you accept the risk of being in stocks to get that, uh, a specific return the stocks offer if your neighbor could get that same amount of return without any risk? And why, why, would, why would that you would eventually be frustrated and say, hey, Absolutely. I don't want to play this game. It'd anymore. be terrible. Right. Um, and and that's what a lot of these gurus are trying to do. Now, their return, they may be lucky on occasion and get in and out in a particular time. But if you averaged out what studies show, what academic studies show, if you evaluate different professional managers, you can explain a large percentage, somewhere north of 90% of the var- variation in returns between one manager and another, between their exposures. Their average risk. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, in most cases. So what were they in? You know, And so my, in my analogy here, and looking at the data, just kind of confirms that to me, that, hey, it's a function of, <clears throat> if I want less risk and I want to get out of the market as bad news comes out and, and the market's been really evolved, 20%, I think, from the peak recently all-time people from the recent uh-huh. uh, peak. If I want to get out um, and I don't have any systematic way of ever getting back in, I may give up return. I may get substantially less than 
if I had a system of getting back in, and on average I was exposed to a certain amount of equity, where I think individual investors in the studies that we look at, uh, when for 20 years did 9%, the average stock equity investor out there running their own portfolio mm-hmm. at the brokerage houses um, wound up with something between 3 and 4%, right? Um, it's highly likely, in my view, that they that's a function of not just the fact that they weren't in equities the whole time, but they made very a very undisciplined and, and very poor decisions about the risks they were taking. Mm-hmm. And they were chasing hot sectors of the market and, and or following newsletter writers who were saying, get into this now, get out of that now. And turning it into a speculation, uh, an element of speculation, which as a whole, that group will lose, right? As a whole, gamblers who walk into a casino will lose to the casino. Yep. One or two guys may win every periodically, or a small number will win. There will be a certain number that lose. On average, though, the whole group of them, are, they will lose to the casino. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's my view of, of the markets. Yeah, it makes me, I mean, as an investor and as an advisor, it makes me feel very good that, wow, there is this, there is this relationship between average return and, and the average risk I'm taking. So in other words, if you're taking risk, you can over time be expected to be rewarded for that diversified risk. Um, and that to me is, that makes me feel pretty good. You know, it's the way it should be. <laughs> yeah. It's not futile, right? Uh, that's, that's excellent. So I, I, I know that a lot of people are frustrated, and you, you may be one of them if you're out there listening, with the market. And you think, well, this is this is a big scheme. Like, I can't get advice because if I do, I'm going to get screwed. Um, but if I do it on my own, the whole the game is rigged, and I'm going to lose that way too. Uh, I, I, at least I've heard that frustration from investors and speaking sure. engagements and things that we mm-hmm. do. It's not. It doesn't have to be that way once you start to understand these relationships. And if you have the right portfolio and the right mindset, and it is a long-term mindset. I mean, if you're doing anything other than putting your money in a, under a mattress, you should be investing with a long-term perspective. That's, if there's one thing I've learned out of doing this for through several now yeah, <laughs> down <right>. markets, um, <laughs> is that this is not a game for people who are, are just in it to get get rich quick or... You know, it really is something where it's, hey, I'm trying to build wealth over a long period of time, and this is a long-term strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, and in other areas, we're forced to take that approach, you know, with our jobs. And for, for a lot of people, if they're buying rental properties, whatever, the first time a renter calls and something breaks, they don't throw up their arms and quit, right? A lot of times, they, they're by nature of how the game is set up, they become long-term investors, not because they choose it, chose it, because that's the way it they had to take approach it right okay well Ethan, let's move right along here okay i wanted to get to some news and and uh uh it, well, I, I was reading this and i thought it was pretty pretty interesting because i haven't seen a lot of news like this and uh if i can get to it um <clears throat> according to investment news uh the leading news source for financial advisors much like yourself ethan they reported Charles Schwab, uh, the brokerage company, sues banks for manipulating LIBOR rates. Says B of A, City, others conspired to depress LIBOR rates and profited by lowering their interest expense. Eight Schwab mutual funds, I'm going to read this real quick if that's okay. Yeah, let's do it. 
probably run into the break and then we'll come back and have our commentary on this. H. Schwab Mutual Funds and related entities are the latest plaintiffs to sue a number of global banking institutions over alleged manipulation of the London Interbank Offered Rate, Mm -hmm. the LIBOR. In a suit filed August 23, this news is hot off the presses, Ethan. It's sizzling here. (laughs) In the U.S. District Court in San Francisco, the funds allege that from the beginning of 2007 through about March of this year, the bank's manipulation of LIBOR allowed them to pay lower interest on short-term paper that the funds purchased from the banks as well as from other entities. About a dozen similar suits have been reportedly filed by investment funds in recent months as global regulators have launched investigations into the alleged rate manipulation. The banks reaped hundreds of millions, in, if not billions of dollars, in ill-gotten gains, Schwab said in its claim. The Schwab suit seeks unspecified damages which may be tripled under antitrust law. It also includes claims for racketeering and securities fraud. Wow. Named in the suit are Bank of America. Oh, and we, their stock has gotten crushed lately. Uh, Warren mm. Buffett came in the other day and uh, is putting something like $5 billion into it. Possibly but he always gets the sweet action. He gets these preferred... With the warrants? Like off the, yeah, that, that you or I as, as retail guys couldn't get. Yeah. Um, so he, he does get a, 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 when people talk about his great investment performance, um, he's really doing something different than just trading in and out of publicly traded equities. For You know what I mean? No doubt. Anywho, uh, named in the suit of Bank of America and Citigroup, along with a long list of other large institutions. We believe the suit is without merit, <laughs> naturally, said uh, Daniel Romero Apsolas, a spokesperson for Citigroup, in, in, in an email. Lawrence Grayson, a spokesperson for Bank of America, declined to comment. I don't want to talk about this. You know, that that's what I'm assuming he said. i got to act out oh, I see. a little bit. <laughs> hey, forget about it. I don't want to talk about it. You know? It's like the guy when that's uh, breaching our... Uh, trademark issues like you don't really want to talk about it <laughs> but uh <clears throat> i i'm sure like yeah, they always say on the show everyone's innocent until proven guilty all right uh anyway in july ubs another defendant in the schwab suit said it had been granted partial immunity from the libor probe <laughs> by the u.s department of justice on condition that it continue to aid regulators sounds like a mafia deal we got to uh we got to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll we'll reiterate, the, uh, finish reading the story about Schwab suing banks for manipulating the LIBOR rates. We'll be right back. Up to date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor? Or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm? My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management, inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at empiricalfs.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S dot com. 
Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at empiricalfs.com. You want to know the inside scoop on how today's leaders do business? How they hire and develop top talent? How do they retain top employees and customers? Tune in to Leadership Leverage on the Voice America Business Channel. Every week, Dr. Robert Denker will offer ideas and facilitate discussion with guests that will help shape today's up-and-coming leaders as well as established leaders in their fields. Listen for Leadership Leverage every Tuesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. How can we Americans realize our dreams to earn a living? How can you pursue your dream and make money as an owner or an employee? Learn how at The American Business Person, the online weekly radio talk show hosted by Rich Killian. Today's business leaders share how to succeed and what fails. If you own a new or established business or ever hope to, you must tune in. Join us every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Central, and noon Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Or listen on demand to our archived shows. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. All right, welcome back to Empirical Investing Radio. We were uh, talking about the suit that Charles Schwab and Company filed um, against various large wall, uh, banks, banking institutions, primarily it looks like uh, Bank of America and Citigroup, Ethan, were the uh, are the biggest targets, but it says among other majors and uh, major banks as well. And um, I was just kind of reading through it, the article. Yeah, go ahead, let's do uh, it. But basically this is an investment news that says... Um, uh, we believe the suit is without merit, said Daniel Romero, a spokesperson for Citigroup, uh, in an email. Lawrence Grayson, the Bank of America spokesman, declined to comment. In July, UBS, another defendant in the Schwab suit, said it had been granted partial in- immunity uh, from a LIBOR probe with the U.S. Department of Justice on the condition that it continue to aid regulators. Uh, concerns about the potential man- manipulation of the LIBOR rate arose in 2008 when the Wall Street Journal reported on questionable LIBOR quotes submitted by banks. The journal this March reported that an analysis by a group of academics and market experts failed to find hard evidence of fraud. The, anal- the analysis found some anomalous LIBOR rate quotes according to the group, but the evidence is inconsistent with a material manipulation. Greg Gable, a Schwab's spokesperson, declined to comment. A UBS spokesperson was not available for comment. 
So I just thought it was interesting to see a uh, brokerage firm sue a, uh, a variety of banks for manipulating the LIBOR rates. Well, I, I'm very, very interested to see how this turns out. So we'll follow it and uh, certainly report as we get information yeah. about it. Um, because I think one of the one of the great great things, uh, or one of the things that are necessary for for markets to work is is fairness in those markets and not having any manipulation. I hope that they didn't do it. Sure. Um, I'm, I'm sure that Bank of America doesn't need more bad news um, <laughs> and more suits. You know, paying them out. Indeed. Um, and you know, that's just just interesting. But yeah. uh, hmm. okay. Well, moving right along. You have any comments about that, Ethan? I don't. I'm interested as well to see how, how it plays out, and I'd love to hear you know, more specifically what the damages were and, and, and what's going on. I'm assuming that they're Schwab and, and these funds that are suing are suing because they wound up having to buy securities and notes that um, w- were at rates that were very low, and they're believing... Um, oh, artificially low. Artificially so low. They buy them. for their mutual funds or mo- money funds. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, for example, in the money market issue where... The expense ratio on some of the money markets money markets exceeds the actual yield, so they have to waive their do a fee waiver. Otherwise, they would be losing clients. Would be the investors would lose money. Yes, exactly on the stable um, value money funds. Right. Yep. And uh, I know for certain any brokerage firms that the money markets are very very profitable usually for them. Um, some of those money market rates, I think, were seven tenths of a percent. Yep, I've seen around that. A money market, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're we're paying seven to ten basis points on an equity fund that we might utilize, for example, for our clients. And theoretically speaking, you would expect maybe some an equity fund would be more expensive to run. You would think, yeah, than a money market, which is really just buying short term, very very short term debt instruments. Yeah, treasuries, notes. Some of them are not. Um, and that's why I was saying with the library that some of them are notes from banks right. and from other larger institutions, but they're shorter term. And most of the time, the the uh, purveyor of the money market would would not take risk and and so called break the dollar basis. Right. No. No one wants that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I myself would recall looking at uh, the expense ratio of those, some of those money market funds that are the stable value ones, and they've been around half percent or so. Last time I looked, and so yeah, to have something that doesn't even break even on the yield, on based on that low rate, yeah, I mean I know what you're saying. And I, I would I would certainly understand like from a brokerage perspective, they have Schwab for example, and saying hey, we wound up having to waive some of our some of our money market management fee because we couldn't go negative on the yield. Right. Um, meanwhile, these large institutions that we were we're pushing the rates down artificially on, on, on notes on all the securities right? that with the pool of securities that we were investing in we were only able to get very low interest rates and part of it was if, if they believed that it was artificially being pushed down mm-hmm. to lower the expense of those those institutions that were were issuing the notes right that's what i would assume is going on mm-hmm. all right ethan well uh we got a few minutes here we talked about the stock market up what's going on with uh market update we talked about the news um what else is on your mind um i don't know i just it is a a big going back to this the market in general right since the since july we had a pretty good a reasonable first half of the year things got a little dicey toward the end of the second quarter and 
certainly the last couple several weeks and maybe uh, six to eight weeks have been really quite volatile at points in time um, and can be unsettling for, for investors especially. But I still think you know, the, the balanced approach uh, with, with regard to your allocations is a really important aspect. Again, if you feel like you have to have all of your money in one thing at one time, there's a big issue with that because um, you're really placing enormous bets on getting it right um, to put all your money in one thing. And so I just re- would reiterate to everybody out there, um, having the proper allocation is a real critical key to successful investing. Right. Well, and we were we were just uh, I was just thinking, Ethan, we were talking about uh, the the yields being very low uh-huh. um, on the LIBOR, right? That was yeah. the issue, and yields in general are extremely low um, until you see the market go down twenty percent, right? And suddenly bonds don't look so bad, you right? Know, you, oh, wait a minute, that's why I had them, and the risk when you're chasing yield. Um, is that you wind up taking risk in, in, an, in, in an instrument because of the yield, the, the reported yield, that uh, <clears throat> ultimately, like a, for example, if you just put your money in junk bonds or high-yield bonds, you know, during the crisis, some of those junk bond funds dropped 30, 40, and, and more uh, for percent from Enormous there. volatility. And so if you were using your bond component as a way to... Um, to manage some of the risk of being in equities. Um, but now you forget about that relationship, that you did that, and you say, well, geez, maybe I'm only getting 1% yield because I have got a bond portfolio that's got some treasuries, which apparently, uh, that's a whole different topic we could have talked about. <laughs> Did you hear about the S&P uh, CEO? Guy, uh, oh, he's leaving. What? Uh, well, you know, at Standard Poor's, they, they downgraded the yield. Yeah, stock. yeah. Coincidentally, I just heard last week that the uh, the CEO of the SP oh uh, yeah is is leaving, but but anyway, um, and Treasuries have been doing quite well during the, after the downgrade it yields so, it yields further further fell, which means prices people, yeah. more people are buying them than than not. So, but anyway, but my point is that it, hey, uh, you know, you you only got one percent, but did they do a good job during this last market correction here, this dip of protecting you? from that equity yeah right of course they did a phenomenal job um and there would be steps i would take before to increase yield before i would just move from a treasury portfolio to, to junk bonds or emerging market debt yep we've we, we'll talk about that next week that sounds good I like stay it. tuned we'll go over that thanks a lot and uh that's it for this week's show we'll we'll see you next week We hope you've enjoyed Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and Ethan Broga. Please join us again next Thursday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And for more information about Empirical Investing Radio, please call 800-923-4307. We'll see you next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.